Okay. Um, good evening. This is podcast number three. And I am Joe Parks. And um, I want to first start off by saying I got to correct um, podcast number two. I um, incorrectly <clears throat> said that it, uh, I think that it was Grant who uh, issued the the order um, to give out 40 acres and a mule and actually the mules that they gave out were uh, extra uh, army mules that they were using but I incorrectly said Grant but it was actually Sherman uh, William Tecumseh Sherman that uh, listened to one of his uh, African American soldiers who expressed his concern about the war being over and black people not having anything. And when asked what would he want, um, he replied land and the ability to, you know, farm and to procure and to take care of his own, basically. And um, General Sherman commissioned one of his lieutenants to... uh, divvy out 400,000 acres that they had confiscated. And he drew up a article um, in an attempt to make it legal. And at that time, um, Grant um, was actually basically running for presidency, which he um, which he did win. But in my confusion, um, just Actually, because none of these podcasts are written down or pre-scripted. They really just actually, honestly, come off my brain at the time it's being recorded. I haven't gotten to that that level or that magnitude yet where I can sit down and try to pre-script and pre-record. But I typically just speak on whatever God puts on my heart for that day. And for today, um, I was helping a young brother out. We were communicating earlier um, about African people and in relations to um, the Bible. And um, I had heard the podcast, number one, and I was trying to explain to him and show him how the miseducation, what we have here in American Western culture, with regards to religion and who we are as a people. And uh, coincidentally, this conversation started because um, we were addressing and conversing about the lost identity of african-americans but i was explaining to him and if you would um while you're listening to the podcast and even during or after just pull up a map and when you pull up a map of the continent of africa note that majority of the slaves that were entered into the transatlantic slave trade came off the west coast from Senegal 
down to around the uh, Angola or the Congo region. I think it's the, the Congo, but majority of them came off the Gold Coast, Ghana, uh, from Senegal to Ghana to uh, uh, my African heritage uh, DNA came back Gabon. But away from that, when you look at or cross-reference that to biblical scripture, you see that the children of Israel were up in the northern, northeasternmost part of the continent of Africa. That little strip of land that uh, leads Africa into what we now know as Iraq and on over into Iran and up into Turkey and down into Syria. That little strip of land right outside of that, you will see a city by the name of Jerusalem. So if you go back into your Bible and if you're actually using the Bible as a reference, you can note that the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they did not go from biblical scripture wise. They did not go southwest. They went east. And if they were already up in the northernmost part of Egypt and went across that little strip of land um, by the Red Sea, coincidentally, Moses parted the Red Sea. Uh, Biblical scripture, but I think they, uh, I read somewhere that the translation was incorrect and it was actually the writer was saying a sea of reeds, but that's neither here nor there, and that's a conversation for another day. But if they went east into the land of Canaan, and that was the land that God gave them, almost 5,000 miles away from there is the West African coast. So it is a little bit confusing to say that the Africans that survived and made it into the Americas, into Brazil, uh, the Caribbeans, and so forth, were actually descendants of the children of Israel. Now, being that we are all from Africa, technically we are all brothers and sisters regardless, because there is but one God. I must always uh, uh, reiterate that. One God for all people. Strangely um, enough, when me and my uh, friend were conversing about this and I pulled up the map, he said, I get it. He said, wow, this is amazing. And after all this time, I was one of the ones who was actually saying that we were the children of Israel. We were the original Hebrew, Israelite people. And I told him, you know, that still could possibly be true. Because again, we are all from Africa, 
of Africa and from the people of Africa. But what is amazing in our conversation, I told him, I said, well, doesn't it, in, in learning that fact that the children of Israel actually migrated into what would be modern-day Iraq and Syria and Pakistan. If they migrated into those lands and that was the promised land that God was giving them, and our ancestors were taken from the West Coast, isn't it, doesn't it spark your curiosity as to what religion, what customs, what ritualistic practices did our ancestors engage in? I um, took it upon myself to show him um, the the ephah religion, the religion of the Yoruba. And I did that on purpose because I wanted him to see how the Yoruba had a concept of God that was synonymous to the Native American Indians, also to uh, other indigenous tribes, where they viewed and understood the oneness of humanity and nature. They view and they understood the the fact that there was, or no, I can't really say fact, but the idea or the theology that there is but one God, and that God created and reigned supreme. What's also interesting um, that I share with uh, my friend is that. When you look at biblical scripture, the attempts to isolate and to eliminate all other religions and to make Christianity the one, well, I take that back, not Christianity, because at that time, Christianity did not exist. The worship of Yahweh, the one religion, seemingly uh, vilified other forms of sacred worship. Forms of sacred worship to the one deity that had probably been going on for thousands of years prior to um, the children of Israel invading into the land of Canaan. Now, what is interesting when you look at the Bible and the Bible says that the people in the land was worshiping idol gods, plural. And as I stated in um, podcasts number two, those gods were gods of water, gods of wind, gods of fertility, gods of fire, you know, gods of thunder gods of light that were gods of 
uh, the river, that, that governed the rivers, that was God, that really took care and managed everything on earth. Those people that dwelled in that land, which again is modern-day Pakistan, Turkey, Syria, uh, Iran and Iraq, or Iraq and Iran, if you want to go in which comes first, the people that was dwelling in those land, according to the Bible, had that same concept. Well, isn't it remarkable that by almost 5,000 miles away, the Yoruba people, the people in the West, Gold Coast, the uh, southwest part of Africa, Midwest Nigeria, which was basically the center of the Europe, uh, they had the same concept. So you tell me, how is it that people living in that great amount of distance away from each other, possibly, I don't know, not even communicating with each other prior to the European invasion, had the same concept of God. Not only that, thousands of miles away across the great oceans, the Atlantic, indigenous people living in another land called, now called the Americas, had basically the same concept also. How is it that all of these different people who seemingly had no means of communication, who possibly never even uh, interacted with one another from a religious perspective, how is it that they all had the same concept for humanity, and for the deed. It's something to think about. But then you have a people whom the narrative says were in bondage, being treated harshly because Pharaoh saw how greatly they were multiplied. And Pharaoh said, let us come, let us deal harshly with the Hebrew, lest they continue to multiply. And eventually their population outgrows ours. And they take sides with our enemies in an attempt to overthrow and conquer us. This reminds me of what we see today. 
this fear that your way of living, your privileges are about to be taken away from you. What is sad about the whole ordeal, and I call it an ordeal on purpose, as I said in podcast number two, I try to choose my words because I don't want to offend anyone. Again, we are all from one God. We are all God's people. Looking at the new video that surfaced from the journalist reporter for the New Yorker, it amazed me for maybe a half a second to hear the insurrectionists scream out, Jesus, thanks to you we did it, or something to that effect. And then the other individual with the uh, bull horns on his head yells out, we all, let us pray before we leave. And he started the prayer with our Heavenly Father. He ended the prayer with, in the name of Jesus. Podcast number one, I did catch a a little slack, but it's okay. You know, this is America. We all have a right to feel the way we feel and believe what we believe. But it's was the move of the ancestors that cast that video before me. Because what that gentleman did, both of those gentlemen, the one who yelled out, thanking Jesus that they had made it, he probably didn't know, but he was calling out to his ancestors. The one who yelled out, we need pray, let us pray before we leave this building, and started praying to the Almighty God and ended the prayer in the name of Jesus. See, what they did was validify, solidify, and confirm my quote from James Cone that when the slave kneeled down and prayed, And when the slave master kneeled down to pray, there's no way possible that they could have been praying to the same God. Because one was praying, thanking God for the slave, and the slave was praying, begging God to be free. Maybe even something a little more harsher than that. But What those gentlemen did when they stood there and prayed showed what we all should already know. That they have a concept. They have an idea of a deity that gives them or have given them the right to be superior over everyone else that is not the color 
that they are. They have a concept that has been passed down traditionally that they have been educated in that confirms to them in their mind, bodies, and soul that God has given them as one insurrectionist yelled out on video the inalienable right to be superior over people who do not look like them. As wrong as it may be, I am just pointing it out because we are all children of the same God. But what this insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by white supremacist organizations trying to make America great again because they are threatened or feel threatened that their uh, privilege is about to be taken away and that blacks, Mexicans, Latinos, and other minority groups, and by the way, brown people, because we are certainly not black, but that other minorities are about to make them the minority. And, and so you see, as with Pharaoh, they are trying to deal harshly with us. They felt so threatened that they decided and felt the need for a revolution. I think it was Marcus Garvey who said there has never been a revolution without bloodshed. Surely enough, at the Capitol, we saw bloodshed. But see, let's go back to the purpose and the nature and the reason behind my podcast is the focus on miseducation. Because here in America, we refuse to tell the truth. Out of fear that the majority can handle the truth. Well, when we don't tell the truth, we see what we see. Because not only are African Americans being miseducated is clearly evident from the millions of people that were at the Capitol. There are millions of white people, Caucasian people, black people, and uh, other races that was out marching against and on the Capitol. They have been miseducated also because they believe wholeheartedly in a lie. Wholeheartedly in a lie. Why? Because traditionally for generations they have been educated in the public school arena, in their homes, in their churches, just as well as we have. 
that white people are superior than all other race of people. Naeem Akba points this out in Know Thyself. You know, uh, Naeem says that the Caucasian generation have systematically created, well, I'm going to put it in my words. The Caucasian people have systematically placed in books material that promotes their greatness and it is passed down and taught to each generation traditionally. So what it does is it creates an idea or an ideology within Caucasian people here in America that they are superior to other races and other races are inferior to them. But see, what we have to do out of love and care for the well-being of each other is to start telling the truth. And the truth is, we are all from one God. We all share the spirit that came from this one God. The breath that gives us life came from the one very God. God loves us no matter what color he placed within the uh, cells in our skin. Pigmentation. Well, if we are all are made in the image of God, going back to the belief structure of the Bible, then we all must understand that not only were black people, white people, green people, orange people if they exist if they do exist and they were all created in the image of God guess what an image is an image hmm. and if an image is an image and it's that image is of God then we can do deductive reasoning to understand that that person is of God. So you say, why am I placing emphasis on that? Well, the reason why I'm placing emphasis on that is to just to point out 
that while we point at those individuals who supported Donald Trump, while we point at the white supremacists for their slander, hatred, and all of the above, to people who are not like them, who don't look like them, while we uh, look at them as though something is wrong with them, we should also clearly understand that they too, like us, have been miseducated. Not to justify what they're doing, because I personally feel that God has placed in everybody the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. And I don't really think that it takes a rocket scientist to figure out what a human looks like. Now, to me, that's a given. But again, I'm speaking about me. That's just me. To see a human and to say that human is not a human, that's when you know that something is wrong. That's when you know that someone has been given uh, some bad information. That's when you know um, that there's a problem with the teachings and the end and the information that this individual has been brought up in. You know, it doesn't take much for us to see the truth. You know, because it's, it's already right there in front of you. The reason um, I said that, or let me say that, let me rephrase that. The reason I bring this up is because during the Enlightenment period, that was a philosopher whose name was Hume. Um, Mr. Hume, H-U-M-E, um, went to Africa, um, and, let me get this right, let me write something, let me see, because there's two of them that I get confused, I get Hume and Hegel confused. It was Hegel. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it was Mr. Hegel. Okay. Mr. Hegel. George W.F. Hegel. Um. 
studied, went to Africa and studied the African people. Um, because England, uh, I think it was England, but they was, his purpose was gone, was to try to um, evaluate whether or not African people should be treated as slaves. Hegel says that the African culture and African people were inferior. And the slave trade basically was justified. He said that African people were bestial that um, they lack the ability to um, um, to learn, and um, they were barbaric, and a whole lot of other foolishness that they had fun or enjoyed enslaving one another. So if they was living in a state other than enslavement, it would not be natural for them. And that belief sparked and continued slavery on for more and more and more years. All because he was a well-respected white philosopher. My point on bringing Hegel into this idea because it was Hume who also had a similar thought until he met a black man who basically changed his whole concept. I have to dig into that because at that, what I just stated was something that a uh, one of my classmates pointed to me and I never got a chance to study it. And probably shouldn't speak on it because I did. Because uh, at this point that was the last part about uh, Hume is actually hearsay. But Hegel says that, you know, Africans are barbaric. You know, they are inferior to other races. Um, they lack the ability to, uh, to, to learn. Yeah, you know, he didn't have no spirit, no soul, all this other food. And it justified what really happened to us, our ancestors. Uh, um, and what happened happened by people who, again, believed in, they called themselves Christians, they called themselves Catholics. They called themselves believers in God, and they probably did believe in God, but you got to understand, there are, what God, what are they believing in? Is it the one that justified um, the children of Israel to go into modern-day Pakistan and kill, steal? and take from people who are already living in the land 
Go on up a little further, you run into modern-day Iraq. Go down a little south, you run into modern-day Syria. But if you go back into the ancient days, uh, that was a part of the Persian Empire. And I bring that into the conversation to suggest that when you read your Bible, reference the geographical location of the cities and the area during the time period from which you're reading. Because if you're going to identify the people in these narratives as being from your people, I'm sorry, as being the people from whom you came from, I think it would be very important for you to take good note to the differences in culture, the differences in ritualistic practices, the differences in theology, the differences in uh, customs of the people in those different lands. It's very important to note that because if not, you'll wind up doing what we have done and we continue to do right today here in America. We have made our oppressors, religion, culture, and customs, our own. I had uh, one of my elder relatives to tell me one thing about black people. They gave us the worst of the worst and we made something out of it. So, even though they are not practicing religion the right way, we have taken it and made something out of it. Hmm. I guess so. If you judge and if you uh, measure the advancement of religion, from financial or material gain. Yeah, it may be true. But if you're going to judge it from what Jesus talked about, now we talk about a whole totally different scenario. We talking about a whole total and different set of circumstances. You see? With regards to miseducation, it is very important that when we are studying, if in fact we study the Bible, oh, I want to point this out too. While me and my friend was talking today, it was real important and amazing to him when I pointed out to him that if you look at the geographical locations, of Arabia and contrasted to the story of Abraham 
Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, and Isaac. What you will learn is the geographical location of Jerusalem being that of modern day Pakistan actually sits in from what we saw in looking at a map of Africa. It looked like it would have been in the part of the land of the Arabian land. You know, Syria, Persia, Baghdad, Iraq, and Pakistan, and Turkey, and all of the above. What's, what's important in looking at that is that those are the lands supposedly well well Arabia is supposedly where Ishmael and Sarah went when Hagar, I'm sorry, which is where Ishmael and Hagar went when Sarah convinced Abraham to cast them out. And the important aspect of it is That area is not far from Jerusalem. Jerusalem actually set in the little strip of land at the top of the Red Sea coming northeast out of Egypt into the land. Yeah. Yes, it did. It's amazing. It really is amazing. When you study and uh, look at maps and you see the current day names of the Middle East. And you contrast the current day names of the Middle East to the ancient names of those lands. Then you get a better picture. You get a better picture. So when Moses crossed the Red Sea, if in fact there was a Moses, and if in fact people crossed the sea that God parted, as the story goes, <laughs> as the myth goes, or Rudolph Bultmann would say, as the myth goes, when they got on the other side of the Red Sea, they were standing in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. 
the land of Ishmael. It's amazing. It's amazing. But all because we have been miseducated does the hatred exist. All because we have been miseducated does the uh, superiority and inferiority exist. All because we have been miseducated, there is no love for humanity. All because we have been miseducated. One race, one sect of people within a race hates another or numerous groups of people. To the point where death is amusing and yet they attribute their ability to do so to God, the God that they forced us To worship. And I say force because our ancestors didn't have a choice. Had they had a choice, they would have continued possibly to keep worshiping in their same traditional, realistic, ritualistic manner. But even more important, is this question. What is it about West African religion? What is it about West African ritualistic culture? What is it about the West African language that sparks so much fear in the European captives that they made it a punishment of beating and death if our ancestors were caught practicing traditional religious practices. Was it, what is it about our traditional African culture that is so great and so powerful that it links us to God in a way and in a manner that we have to have been or should have been or would have been or will be empowered in a way that Oppression does not overcome us. Why don't we search for that? Why don't we look for that answer? 
why are we so willing to turn our backs on culture and tradition and heritage that our ancestors gave their lives trying to preserve? Just a question. Just a thought. Again, I hope and pray that my words have not offended no one. I hope and pray that my words have opened up a door, shined a light, sparked a question in the minds and the ears of those who hear this podcast. And as I've said before, I will say it again. Don't believe me. Research me. Research what I'm saying. And see if it makes sense. And if it makes sense, pray to God for an answer. And I'm pretty sure you'll get it. In honor of our ancestors who gave their lives so that we could live, lest us not forget their tradition, their culture, and their gods. Peace and blessings.